Hi, friends. Welcome to The After Party, a TSF Network podcast. This is a mixtape of purposeful, encouraging, and fun content from across all the shows who are part of our podcast network. I'm Annie F. Downs, one of the co-founders of the network. And I'm Fallon Kluth, the director of operations at That Sounds Fun Network. It's especially a party now, y'all, because it's Friday. Yeah, let's go. Glad you're joining us. Okay. So for today's episode, it's from Happy and Healthy Podcast with Janine Amapola. She's one of the newest shows to join our network, and we are so excited to be working with her and her husband. Oh, I'm so grateful. I Mm -hmm. love them being on the network. It feels like they filled a need that we had in our listeners and in my life, too. So this show is so great, y'all. Okay, today's episode is called Advice for the Girl in Her Waiting Season of Singleness. And with that kind of title, I'm ready for us just to dive on in. Let's do it. He won't be like all scared and freaked out by it. Hopefully. (laughs) But when a man finds you, what do you want him to say? Or what do you want to be doing? Do you want to be just like waiting around? And he's like, so what what have you been doing the last couple of years? I was just waiting. I just want to be married. And he's like, oh, okay. Happy and healthy family. What is up? Welcome back to the pod. Woo! I, you know what sound effect is literally my favorite? It's this one. That was not the one I meant to use. Hold on. I don't know why I just love that one. I just do. <laughs> okay, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. My name is Janina Mopola. If you have never seen my stinking face before, and honestly, lucky for you, there's not much to see. I'm just kidding. Don't speak to yourself like that. <laughs> Y'all, if you can't tell I'm in a goofy mood, welcome back to the podcast. My name is Janina Mopola. I post podcasts every single Tuesday, and my podcast name is Happy and Healthy. If you are watching the YouTube video or Spotify, you can see my little sign. I am in loungewear. I'm ba- wearing a big comfy sweater, and I also have, and please don't judge me for this, I have an energy drink in my hand. Now, I know I told you guys in the month of April, I cut them out, and I did. I successfully did it. However, today is one of those days where I just need a boost. This whole week has been a week of just needing a little boost. So uh, don't judge me, but I think it's going to be good for all of us because you'll, you'll want me to have a little bit more energy. I... I'm so excited to be on the podcast today, just hanging out with you guys. It is now officially the month of July. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord, for this month. It's so crazy. We have made it to July. We are more than halfway through the year, which is a little bit daunting, but also it's great. You know, it's it's a great time to be alive. And um, if you are new here, I post all sorts of podcasts to help you guys hopefully just better yourself in your life, but do it God's way. And yes, it is from sometimes my opinion, but I always want to go back to God's truth and who God says that we are, because I believe that what God has laid out for us is the best way to live. And if we want to find full joy, satisfaction, truth, uh, just everything in life, God's ways are the best. I know last week I did an episode with a guest, but this month, y'all, we are doing solo episodes. Yay. I'm so excited. I'm excited to just sit down with you guys for the whole month and just do solo episodes. As much as I love, I love doing guest episodes and I love bringing on people that maybe have a different perspective than I do because, you know, as soon as I bring on counselors, I bring on professionals, I bring on licensed therapists, that type of stuff. Um, people that are, you know, more eloquent in certain, certain areas that I'm not. Sometimes I just want to just sit down and hang out with my girls. You know, I just want to like, talk to you guys. I want to update you guys. And so one major freaking life update that I've had is that I am engaged. I'm engaged. I'm literally engaged. What happened? I don't know. How did this happen? God only knows, but I I thank the Lord. So I got engaged two weeks ago when I'm filming this. It is, um, it is June 29th. So almost two weeks ago as of tomorrow, which is so crazy. That is the biggest life update I could ever announce is that I'm engaged. Like I'm still processing that. I'm like, I'm actually getting married. Somebody wants to marry me. Are they okay? No, I'm just kidding. 
I know my worth and I know my value. Um, so that's a very, very big update. I'm 29 years old. I never thought in my life that I would be married at 29. Whenever I get married, I'll be 29. And, um, you know, I look back and I don't regret anything. I think this is the perfect timeline that God has for me. It's the perfect, um, situation that God has for me. And I'm just excited. And I, I'm really excited to hang out with you guys in today's episode because, since being engaged and dating Caleb and sharing my story and now not being single anymore, which is, you know, crazy. Um, I've had a lot of girls reach out to me and be like, will you please give advice on waiting well and, and singleness and what should we do? How do we prepare for a husband? How do we in this season, you know, become confident in who we are? What can we do in our waiting season? And I have so many, you know, thoughts and tips on waiting well and dating. And I guess later down the road, I'll have marriage advice. I'm not quite there yet. Give me some time. So, you know, I want to just share some tips on that. But I also want to go and open up the Bible and um, share someone in the Bible that I think waited well. And I pray this episode is a blessing to you because I know that it is very easy to now look at me and be like, what do you know? You're engaged. Shut up you're flaunting your engagement and your fiance in your ring on social media. And oh my gosh, that is so, no, so, 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 so not my intention. Like I don't want to, you know, make anyone feel bad, but also I think that's a choice, you know, like that's a choice if you are going to let someone else's wins make you feel bad, you know? So I want to be able to be celebratory and excited in the season because it, it is an extremely exciting time in my life that I never thought I would actually have. Like, of course I maybe thought one day, but I didn't know when or how, so I'm excited to be able to share that with you guys and let you guys in. And I've been sharing a lot of my wedding updates on TikTok and everybody's been super, you know, in tune with that and excited for me. But I understand that that's not everybody's reality. And I don't want to flaunt it too much where I'm rubbing it in people's faces and I'm trying to make people feel bad. So please hear my heart on that because I know there's some people going through recent heartbreaks or grief or um, loneliness or isolation or, you know, self-worth problems. And I, I get that. So that's why this episode is for anybody that is still single or just trying to figure out life. And I'm praying and hoping that I can provide some wisdom and insight for you today. That was the world's longest intro. I'm going to pray before we get into it and let's do it. I'm just going to open us up in prayer because why not? Why would we not bring in the Holy Spirit into today's episode? Jesus, Heavenly Father, Holy Spirit, I just surrender this podcast to you. And Lord, I just pray that I would give absolute godly truth and godly wisdom, Lord, that I would not speak out of my own flesh. I would not speak out of my own desires, my own past hurts or trauma or anything of that sort, my own experience. But God, I pray that supernaturally you would bless me with knowledge and wisdom for the girl that is listening to this episode right now, that she's either single or she's lonely or she's confused or she's like easy for you to say, Janine, you're engaged. You have a ring on your finger. I don't. Um, so Lord, I just pray that you would give me compassion and empathy for somebody that is going through what they are going through um, and allow them to speak from just a place of healing and a place of godly wisdom to better them and to help them. And so I invite you to this podcast, Lord. I pray that someone would feel more free and more hopeful by the end of this episode. We thank you so much, Father. Amen. First of all, being engaged is pretty crazy. I don't feel like a new person or anything like that because it's not like being engaged changes my entire identity or anything like that, but it's really fun. I'm not going to lie. It's a really great season, but also so stressful. Like I'm only two weeks into it and I'm like, holy frick, this is difficult. Like planning a wedding is very hard. The good thing is though, just for some fun updates is that I found a venue. I picked a date. I got a wedding planner and I have some wedding dress appointments lined up where I'm going with my sisters and Maddie. I'm super, super excited. I know where my bachelorette weekend is. I already booked a flight for my bachelorette weekend. So your girl, she's on it. Like I have to be on it, but there's just so many moving parts that I'm like, whoa. Like, and I remember when I was living with Maddie and she was um, engaged and I would see her come home so stressed out. And I was like, are you good fam? And now I get it because it is so much. And there's people blowing up your phone every two seconds, people wanting to get coffee, reaching out, congratulating you. It's all good things. It's just very overwhelming. 
So um, if one, if you're one of my friends listening to this and I don't respond, please know that's why. It's not that I don't want to. I'm just drowning right now. <laughs> but it's been really fun. It's been a very sweet season for both Caleb and I um, of growing together, asking each other good questions, being mentored. One of the things, actually, this was so great. One of the things that we did about two days ago was that we sat down with one of my mentors that Caleb hasn't spent too much time with. I've spent a significant amount of time with her. We both went over there and we met with her and her husband and they just prayed over us, blessed us, spoken to things that we're struggling with, things that we are processing, things that we're still trying to figure out. But it was the biggest blessing. And so my prayer to you guys, and I will talk about this later, but mentorship Something somebody asked me about mentorship was like, how do I get mentorship? What does that look like? And do I mentor other people? So she was such a blessing for us. We both left feeling so free. She is someone that I look up to. She's incredible. Her name's Jenny Allen. She has previously poured into both Maddie and I, and um, I hadn't seen her in a while. And so we went over there and uh, mentorship is just something that I believe God has ordained for all of us to either be mentored and as well mentor other people. I encourage you, pray that God would open doors for you to be mentored, especially if you are single, especially when you get into a relationship and engagement season, having older, wiser people in those seasons is so, so vital and crucial and important. And maybe you're like, where do I begin? How do I find them? What do I do? Your local church, ask the local church, is there someone here who can pour into me? Maybe you already know someone that is older and wiser that you already look up to or that you already are, you know, doing life with or seeing them around and just say, can I take you to get coffee? Can I buy you coffee? Can you pour into me please for like 30 minutes to an hour? Like I just need wisdom in X, Y, Z. And so look around already who's in your circle, um, ask your local church, or maybe there's a pastor at your church, the pastor's wife, whatever, and just say, can you help me? And I promise you, it'll be such a blessing in your single season, have someone older pour into you. And what I do, I have someone pouring into me. I pour into younger girls. So I'm pouring currently right now to some high school girls. And I'm now getting to share the things that I went through in high school and things I went through in college and blessing them. And so it should be a trickle effect. And I think that's just a beautiful thing for us all to do for each other. Another fun thing though, as a side note, um, I'm going to Oklahoma tonight and Caleb and I are going to his family and they're having a little engagement party for us this weekend. It's so sweet. His mom and I are going to go, um, get brunch together on Friday and it's just going to be such a good time. And I'm just so thankful and blessed to be married into a good, godly, healthy family. I'm so, so excited for that. His parents are divorced. Um, so we're navigating that, but there's no like drama or anything like that, but we're going to hang out with his family, his dad tomorrow, his mom the next day and that her side of the family. So it's just really sweet. So I'm really, really thankful for that. While we talk about, you know, singleness and waiting well, and what does that look like? Um, I want to open up with a Bible story. Now I haven't read the story in a minute, so I hope I remember everything well, but it's the story of Ruth. And if you don't know the story of Ruth and Naomi, um, Ruth is, let me, let me get a little refresher of the story really fast. So I don't butcher this for any of us. Hold on. I wrote something down because I didn't want to butcher this. So in the book of Ruth, we see a great example of the story in the story in the Bible, the story of Ruth, where Ruth was a God fearing woman who her husband had died. And instead of going back to her part of the country, she decided to remain with her mother-in-law, Naomi. Now, Naomi was also a godly, amazing woman. She tells basically, or she tells Naomi that she will remain faithful to her mother-in-law and follow her mother-in-law wherever they go. So they go back to Naomi's hometown of Bethlehem. And around this time, um, it's time for the barley harvest and Ruth decides to glean from a field. Now, gleaning basically means like they're going and they're harvesting things and she's using the tool and harvesting and stuff. So she's working hard. She's a hardworking woman. She's a boss babe, right? So although Ruth doesn't know it, the field that she chooses belongs to a wealthy man named Boaz, who happens to be Naomi's relative. When Boaz visits the field and hears of Ruth's loyalty to Naomi, he instructs his workers to allow her to glean and leave additional grain in her path. In the end of the story, Boaz excitedly takes Ruth to be his wife. He tells her in Ruth 2.11, all that you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband has been fully told to me and how you left your father and mother and your native land and, became, and came to a people that you did not know before. Boaz never talks about, you know, her appearance or he doesn't talk about her beauty, but instead 
Boaz admires something about Ruth. He admires her character, her loyalty, her faithful faithfulness, her commitment, her hard work, her faith in God, her honor, her humility. Yes, the the beauty of her of who she is is beneficial and beautiful, but Boaz finds Ruth doing what she's doing. And I think this is a great example of how we should be want to be found. And this was a great example as as well as my friend Riley and Jack, one of my best friends, Riley, her now husband found her through a photo of her praying over this girl at some ministry. She was like on the beach praying over this girl. Jack saw a photo of my friend Riley and was like, that is the type of girl I want to marry. Riley never like posted that to be like a husband, come find me. Ruth never went to the field to be like, husband, look what I'm doing. Come find me, affirm me. But instead she was genuinely walking in her purpose and in her calling and who God called her to be and being obedient and getting busy serving the kingdom and other people. And then a husband found her. And I'm not saying that God's a conditional God. I'm not saying that God's like, oh, well, you have to do X, Y, and Z in order to be found and for a husband to want you. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying you should be want to be found by being busy for the kingdom, by being busy, staying in your lane. And so I think it's just such a testimony with this story of Ruth and Boaz and um, all of that, that it just shows that you want to be found by a man and by a godly man, by you being a godly woman, right? Like you don't want to be just sitting there twiddling your thumbs, waiting for a man to drop out of the sky. And he's like, what have you been doing? Like, who were you the last couple of years before I met you? And you're like, just waiting for you. He'd be like, um, on second thought, I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go. <laughs> okay. Not really, but you know what I mean? Like it's attractive for a man to find you serving God, serving the kingdom, getting yourself healthy, doing all the things that you can do to invest into yourself and invest into the kingdom. Right. And that's why I love this story. Boaz is just so enamored by who she is and just who she is organically. She didn't look at the qualities of who Boaz was and then conform and contort herself to make herself appealing to him. She wasn't like, Naomi, tell me the qualities of this man, Boaz, that's rich and wealthy and good looking. And what do I got to do to get this man to like me? No, she was busy doing what she was doing. But Naomi, she had a little bit of a plan probably. She was like, you know what? I'm going to set these two up. You know, these two fun looking people. I'm going to set them up. But she didn't tell that to Ruth, right? Riley, as she was getting ready, Riley wasn't like, is this going to attract a man? No, she was busy doing what God called her to do. So if we want to attract a good, strong, godly man, we've got to be that ourselves. We've got to be a strong, godly woman. In Proverbs 31, it talks a lot about the woman who is godly. She's, she's hardworking. She doesn't fear the future. She's, she's up all night preparing for her future. She fears the Lord. She, she's in reverence of the Lord. She knows her words. She knows that beauty isn't just from the external appearance. It's from her eternal beauties. So there's certain qualities that we should be trying to work on as we're becoming to be a future wife, to become to be a woman that a man looks at and he says, man, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. So when he looks at you, he's like, that is a good thing. I found this amazing, incredible, godly, confident woman. And that's a good thing. And I think we should even go over qualities of a Proverbs 31 woman. And I know all of this sounds so Christianese because maybe you're like, I've heard this story 30 billion times. I get it. Ruth, Boaz, whatever. But don't forsake the goodness and the truth the truths inside the Bible. Like, don't let yourself become numb and hardened to the Bible. Don't let these become just stories that you're like, yeah, I've heard it before, whatever. The Bible is for yesterday, today, and tomorrow. It's for forever. And so don't forsake the the qualities that are in the Bible. So I want us to not become numb to these or, or hard to these, you know what I mean? And there's a reason why it's called a Proverbs 31 woman, because There's something really beautiful about this woman, you know? And I'm not even trying to say that becoming a Proverbs 31 woman is something that happens overnight. I'm still trying to become a Proverbs 31 woman. You know what I mean? It's not something that you get get and gain overnight. This is a daily thing that as you spend time with the Lord, he refines you, he prunes you, he shapes you into this godly, amazing woman. So this is a Proverbs 31 woman. 
The excellent woman who fears the Lord, starting in verse 10, an excellent wife who can find. She is far more precious than jewels. So y'all, you've got to know your worth. Here's the thing. If you don't know that you are far more precious than jewels, you're going to let a man treat you as if you are a cheap piece of gold that tarnishes. Like that's not what you are. You've got to know that I am more worth rubies and pearls, which are so rare, which are so scarce, which are so valuable in God's eyes. So don't let a man treat you like a vending machine ring when you are more precious than jewels. You've got to know that about yourself. The heart of her husband trusts in her. Again, you look for a man that has a heart of godliness, a good man of character, and he will lack no gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax. She works with willing hands. So this could be for anything. This isn't necessarily like you have to be a nurse or a doctor or an influencer or whatever, but it's a woman that is willing to work. She's not lazy. She could be the hardest working mom, the hardest working teacher, the hardest working whatever, but just being willing to work, you know, being willing to be a helper because that's what a wife is to a husband is the helper. She is like the ships of her merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household. So she takes care of her household. She works. She's, she's getting up early because as a mom, eventually you will have to do that. She cooks for her husband, not saying that that's her only role. I'm not saying that, but she cooks for her husband. She provides for her kids. Maybe her husband does go to work and she is cooking and she's taking care of the house. Nothing wrong with that if that's what you want to do. She considers a field and buys it. Now take note of the word considers. She doesn't just see a field and just buys it. She doesn't just jump on things impulsively. She has discernment. She has wisdom. She considers things. She weighs the pros and cons. She considers, hmm, in anything in our life, as a, a quality of a godly woman, am I, am I going to do this or am I not going to do this? Is this a good for me? Is this not good for me? Is this, what are the pros and cons? Is this beneficial? Is this harmful? She considers a field and she buys it. With the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength and she makes her arms strong. She is a strong woman. And that could not even necessarily mean physically, but internally, she's strong. She knows her worth. She doesn't let people push her over. She's not a people pleaser. She's able to defend herself with God's word when the enemy comes towards her, other people. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. Basically kind of saying like, this can mean multiple things, but the way that I perceive this is that her lamp is like the light inside of her, the light of the world. The Bible says that we are a city on a hill. We are the light of the world. So basically saying like her light is not dimmed out by other people, by people's opinions, by criticism, by an ex-boyfriend, by her parents slandering her, whatever the case may be, her friends. She puts her hands to the distaff and her hands hold the spindle. She opens her hands to the poor and she reaches her hands to the needy. This is so key as well, you guys. We should be women of God or people of God that help people. When we see someone struggling, if you see the homeless person on the side of the road, you know your friend is struggling. You know your friend's going through a hard time. She's grieving or, you know, you help out the widows or the orphans or whatever the case may be. If the, the person that's been human trafficked or you donate money, you serve, you use your time, you use your time to be someone that reaches out your hands to the needy and the poor. And this is what a man's going to want to see in you. And hopefully he is himself that he sees that, wow, this woman is helping people. She's working hard. She has a heart for people. This is also a heart posture. Do you care about when people are sad or going through tough things? Do you counsel your friends when they're struggling? Stuff like that. You know what I mean? She is not afraid of snow for her household. For all her household is clothed in scarlet. She makes bed coverings for herself. She's clothed in fine linen. Her husband is known in the gates when he sits among the elders of the land. She makes linen and garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchants. Strength and dignity are her clothing. She laughs at the time to come. She opens her mouth with wisdom and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. Qualities for us to work on in the single season. If we if we are waiting, it's like how can how can strength and dignity be my clothing? How can I make on my external appearance more? How can I make strength and dignity more important than 
buying more clothing or getting fillers or trying to overexercise to make a man to be attracted to me. I'm not saying working out is bad. I'm not saying shopping is bad, but anything in excess can be bad, right? Anything that is being done from a malicious or a poor intention can be bad. But how can you make strength and dignity your utmost priority? That you wear these on your sleeve, that these are who you are known by on your external appearance versus someone saying, oh, wow, she's just really sexy. You know what I mean? I'm not here to condemn you. I'm just trying to give you some things to think about. And when you open your mouth, is your mouth opened with wisdom and kindness? You can lure someone in. You can lure a man in with your external appearance. And he could be like, this is the baddest baddie babe all around town. But if you open your mouth and it's not full of kindness, or if you're slandering or you're gossiping or you're talking down upon yourself, you know, no no one's going to like that. No one's going to want to be around that. Someone that's just consistently gossiping or slandering themselves or you know what I mean? So open your mouth and hopefully work towards being a woman of kindness and wisdom. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. So again, a woman that works hard. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, he praises her because he's like, dang, I got myself the baddest, godliest, haughty, holy girl in town. You know what I mean? He praises her. And he says to her, many women have done excellently, excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. That's such a powerful verse, y'all. So again, when we are in this season and we're waiting or whatever, what can we do right now to be a woman that is praised, a woman that has kindness, that has wisdom, that works hard? that she is considered blessed, that she wears strength and dignity on her, on her sleeves as her clothing. She, um, she knows that charm and beauty is deceitful and that beauty is in vain, but that when you are found as a woman that fears and knows and seeks and honors God, that is a woman to be praised. So these are some qualities in the single season and the waiting season that how can we do those now? So when you're in the waiting season or the single season, whatever, what do we do to get that? That's who you surround yourself with. That's how much time are you in the word? Are you inputting your mind with godly podcasts, godly worship, things that edify your spirit, things and environments that make you look more like Christ? Maybe you're serving at church. Maybe you're serving at a local ministry. Maybe you're serving at a local nonprofit. Maybe you and your friends host monthly Bible studies, weekly Bible studies together where you're encouraging each other, you're uplifting each other, you're calling each other out, holding each other accountable for the things that maybe you need accountability in. Things like that. You surround yourself with godly people, godly friends. And I know this sounds weird, but one of the qualities, and I'm not not trying to gas myself up, please don't hear that, but I'm just trying to give you words that Caleb has said to me. A guy wants to, you know, be around a girl that has godly friends around them and vice versa. You want that for your guy, your boyfriend as well. So when Caleb found me and I, I'm going to use that as a keynote, find found me because I didn't find Caleb. Caleb found me. He saw when we started to date that I had incredible godly women around me because he knows that these women have the power to up, uplift me or destroy me. Are these women that are pouring into me and, and making me look more like Jesus. And I would say, yes, my friends 100% do that. And I am so, so thankful. But a guy might be repelled by you if he sees that your friends you're hanging out with are destructive or they're gossipy or they're still maybe stuck in a party lifestyle or they're not really actually making you look more like Christ, you know? So I'm not here to condemn you, but that's something to think about in your single season or your waiting season is who are the people around me? And are they bringing me closer to Christ? Are they bringing me one step further to the woman that I want to be, to being a Proverbs 31 woman? Are they bringing me closer to that? Or are they pulling me away? And maybe you've got to pull yourself away a little bit, or maybe you've got to find new friends. And maybe you still keep those friends, but you still go find new friends that do contribute to those qualities that you want to be. And same thing for me, when I'm looking for a partner, when I was looking for a partner, I prayed that whomever I married would ha- would have godly friends that make him look more like Christ. And I can wholeheartedly and gladly say that that is who Caleb is and his friends. And I'm so thankful because when you get married, those are the people praying for you. Those are the people being around you. Those are the people that are encouraging you guys, or they're there when crap hits the fan, because let me tell you, crap will hit the fan eventually. 
So you want to know who are these people that are pouring into our relationship. So find friends like that. Now, if you can't go to your local church, find friends at your gym. Find, I mean, I have a whole episode on friendship, so I won't harbor on this too much. When you are in this season, how do you want to be found? Because Boaz found Ruth, Jack found Riley, <laughs> Caleb found Janine, Grant found, found Maddie. Like I'm using examples in my life, even with my sisters, all their husbands found my sisters. And the Bible says, he who finds a good wife finds a good thing. So ladies, when you're dating or when you're in the single season, don't try to force things. Don't try to manipulate things. Don't try to contrive things. Don't try to force things that would have not naturally happened. Yes, you can drop the hanky. You can maybe, you know, let a man know you're interested, but don't be the one that's like, why are you asking me out? I want to take you out. Why aren't we dating yet? Why aren't you making me your girlfriend? Why aren't you asking to be your wife? Let things happen naturally. If this is a man that God has for you, he's going to make it happen. He will have this man be ignited for you. He's going to know that you are his wife. It's going to be written on his heart. And he's going to be like, this is the woman I want to be with. You don't want to manipulate a man into marrying you. That will never go over well. Trust me. Like I would never want to be with a man or be engaged to a man that I had to force him to marry me. So just be careful of that. But when a man finds you, what do you want him to say? Or what do you want to be doing? Do you want to be just like waiting around? And he's like, so what, what have you been doing the last couple of years? Oh, I was just waiting. I just want to be married. And he's like, oh, okay. Nothing wrong for, with wanting to be married. Don't hear me. There's nothing wrong with wanting to be married. But if I was being found, I would want to be someone that was found being busy. I was busy for the kingdom. I wasn't just waiting around. I was busy. I was serving. I was at my church. I was traveling. I was investing into younger girls. I was running a ministry. And I'm not saying do these things so that you can appear better or look better to a man so that you have this false image, but do them because you genuinely want to. Do them because God has called you to. Whatever that lane is for you. I was running my, You maybe you're like, I started my own you know, ministry. I was busy working. I was hosting Bible studies at my house. I was serving at my church. Whatever the case may be for you, be a Ruth that is busy. She's working in the field. She's attracting a man that's like, wow, look at her character. Look at her loyalty. Look at how this woman is showing up and she's serving and she's faithful. And, and she didn't go there being like, maybe I'll get a husband. Hey, no, she didn't go to the field being like, I'm going to get a husband out of this. She went into their with pure intentions and solely wanting to serve the Lord and serve her mother-in-law and be loyal. And then she found a spouse. You see what I'm saying? So who do you want to be when you are found? And when you are found, are you ready to be found? Is that man when he finds you, are, are you healthy? Are you ready to date? Are you ready to be a wife? Are you ready to take on the responsibility and the commitment of a relationship and marriage? Because let me tell you, it is a lot. It's a lot. It's a beautiful, great, sanctifying thing, which sanctification basically means just being made to look more like Christ. It's stripping things that don't look like Christ and making you look more like Christ. That's what marriage is about. Are you willing and ready for things to be shooken up and changed when you are found? Because when I met Caleb, I was not, I, I, I had some things I had to work through a little bit. And it doesn't mean that just because you aren't necessarily ready that a man won't pick you or choose you, but it might be a little bit more difficult if you still have more healing and growth to do. As an aid for your future self and your future relationship, work on that now. That could look like reading books or podcasts or journaling every single night or meeting with your friends weekly and saying, hey, let's keep each other accountable, meeting with a counselor, meeting with a mentor, having a pastor pour into you, having audits of your life. How am I mentally? How am I physically? How am I spiritually? How am I emotionally? these four verticals, which is what I love to talk about on this podcast. How am I doing in these four areas of my life? Am I good? When a man finds you, you want to be the healthiest, best version of yourself, mentally, physically, spiritually, and emotionally. It's a blessing to both you and your partner. But what I'm not trying to preach is that you have to be perfect and have it all together to be chosen or to be liked or to be desired by a man. That's not what I'm trying to preach. I think as a blessing, to your future relationship and your future self, you should do the best you can while in this season to be healthy all around. But I do think that there's a little bit of a line, a misconception that 
in order for a man to choose you, you have to have everything together. And I just don't think that's true because that would mean that love is conditional. And that's also not the way that God sees us. God's love for us is not conditional. It's not, hey, get your act together and then I'll choose you. Get your act together and then I'll love you. That's not true. I do believe that a man will still want you regardless of maybe you have not everything figured out or you're still struggling or you have some things you need to work through. However, why not set yourself up for absolute success the best way possible and get healthy now in the waiting season? So don't view it as waiting. Don't view the season as like, oh, I'm just waiting around for a man. It's like, get busy and see this as an investment opportunity. You are investing into yourself in every aspect so that you can be healthy and ready to rumble when a man does find you, when a man chooses you and loves you and picks you so that there's less drama, there's less problems, there's less trauma and things that you got to work through. You know what I mean? So that's the way I see it. I'm not saying um, that you won't be lovable or or man won't choose you because you still have your ish not together. I'm saying make yourself healthy because you want to bless your future relationship and bless your future self when you get there. Don't make it more hard on yourself in your future relationship then you have to, you know what I mean? Relationships and marriage are already hard enough. So why not work on yourself now? So if you know there's something you haven't processed through or your friends have told you like, hey, you should probably still figure that out or still get healthy in that. Why not bless your future self and your future relationship now? And when the man does find you, there will still be things you have to work through. There still will be things that, you know, as you date him and you're with him that you'll be like, oh, I thought I was healed from that. And the right man will still choose you and love you and work with you through all those things. Caleb still had to work with me on some things. There was a lot of things that I didn't realize that I still needed to work through until I met him because he revealed wounds in me that were not yet healed. But that's part of the beauty. That's part of sanctification. That's part of God's design is that a partner will come in with you and he'll say, hey, this is where you still need to grow. Like if he's not helping you better yourself, if he's not helping you improve and show you areas that God wants you still to be refined, maybe that's not a good person for you because they should see the wounds and they should say, hey, how can I partner with you in those wounds to help you better those wounds, to heal those wounds, to put band-aids on those wounds, to solve those wounds, address those wounds but you don't only do them with him. You do those still within community, with your mentors, with counselors, with um, him, with yourself, with the Lord. So Caleb had to come in and kind of help me with some wounds. He did. But it, it, the right man will not run away. He won't see those as scars or like, ugh, I don't want to do that. The right man will come in and say, I want to partner with you in that. And he won't be, he won't be like all scared and freaked out by it. Hopefully. (laughs) And I I know this isn't a one size fits all situation. I just want to encourage you guys that, you know, get busy serving the Lord and, and knowing yourself and knowing the Bible, knowing who God says you are, because when you know who God says you are, I said this before, you don't accept less than God's best. You wait for the right man. You don't settle. You don't let yourself be entertained by, you know, frilly, frilly, inconsistent, Men, you know what I mean? Men that are giving you, you know, inconsistency and they're coming in and they're out and they're like, ah, I don't know if I like you and they're confusing you. It's like, no, I know what I deserve. I know what I want. I know what I've prayed for. I know what I've written down in my journal. Like I'm not settling for anything less than that. Now my encouragement to you, because someone said, you know, how do I pray for my future spouse? Pray for him. Like tell God, God, this is my desire. For me, I had specific things. I needed a man to be able to handle my family, my past, my my career, certain things. Like you write down what that is for you and you pray, God, would you bless me with a spouse that can handle X, Y, and Z? Whatever that is specifically for you, write down a list. But on that list, you know, I, I think it's okay for you to have a type of what you naturally gravitate towards. Because obviously, like I want you to still get the desires of your heart, But be malleable and flexible with the list of superficial things or physicality. Write down godly characteristics of a man that are non-negotiables. You want a man that is kind. You want a man that is servant-hearted. You want a man that will take care of you, provide for you, pray over you, go to church with you, pray for your friends, has godly friends, I mean, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Like qualities of a man that he's a hardworking man, he's diligent, he has integrity, he's honest, he doesn't leave you confused, he pursues you, he opens the car door for you, he pays for you, whatever that is. But those were some of my non-negotiables. Write those down. Those you do not negotiate on. You don't negotiate on his character and how he treats you and how he treats your family and your friends and how he works, all those things. But be willing to be a little bit flexible with physicality. Maybe 
be willing to go off the path of your normal type that you date. I did. And it worked out great for me. You know what I mean? But also there's nothing wrong if you desire like, God, I desire a brunette man. I desire a blonde hair man. I desire whatever. I desire a man with blue eyes. Like you can write down physicalities, but don't pass up men that don't look like that. Because if I passed up Kayla based off of my type, I wouldn't be with him. And that's not fair. I'm so glad I decided to be flexible because I would have been missing out on the most incredible man because I was picky. But what I did not pass up on is a man of high character and value and hardworking the way he pursued me. So when you're dating and you're going through that list, you know, like don't waver on the non-negotiables, but be flexible with looks and, and some superficial things as his height or hair color, eye color, skin color, stuff like that. The main thing you need to know is, will this man take care of me? Will he provide for me? Is he hardworking? Is he a man that is loyal, that is faithful, that I can trust? Does he have godly men? What does his family look like? Does he have godly men in his life? Uh, does he pursue me well? Does he leave confusion? Or is he a man that is honest? Is he pursuing me clearly with kindness, intentionality, stuff like that? Because I think a lot of girls, they will stay longer with a man that's not good for them because like, but he's cute, but he's good looking, but he makes a lot of money, but he's six foot. He's an athlete. He's a doctor. And it's like, but does he treat you right? You know what I mean? You guys are picking up what I'm putting down. Like, I don't got to say much more than that. You know what I'm saying? So pray for your future spouse. Now journal to that future spouse. Now it's a journal. Say, God, these are the desires of my heart. And I don't know when God is going to bless you with that. I can't tell that to you. For me, I got, I'm getting married at 29 years old. That maybe that's where you are right now. Maybe you're 24, you're 25, 26. And you're like, when God, I don't know when that's going to happen for you, but be faithful to the Lord. Be faithful to that list. Be faithful to fast and pray for that man now and for your friends, man. Don't only be self-seeking, you know, intercede for your friends too and have your friends intercede for you as well. And when you see that man, when you, you and your friends have been praying and fasting for so long for this godly man, both you and your friends, when they meet that man, they're going to be like, this is what we've prayed for. So know what you're praying for. And then when you meet him, you're going to be like, yep, this is what we've been praying for, right? So get busy serving the kingdom, investing into yourself, investing into your friends, investing into people, serving, doing all you can do, doing it with a pure godly intention, right? And then when that man comes and finds you, because that's what we want, we want a man to be ignited and pursue you and be ignited for you and you only, not multiple women at once. You'll know it. You'll feel something in your spirit where you'll be like, this is different. And maybe it'll freak you out in the beginning because maybe you'll be like, wait, whoa, 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 this isn't what I expected. That's okay. Give it time. Go on some dates with this man. Let, let yourself, you know, process, okay, this is different, but this guy makes me feel safe. He makes me feel good. He's treating me right. He's pursuing me right. Give it some time because sometimes we want to shut down a man right off the bat because he's not what we expected. He's not the height we expected, the hair color we expected, the job we expected, but there's something different about him. You know, he treats you right. He's godly. He's kind. He makes you laugh. Something feels different in your spirit. Give that some time. Let that, let that man pursue you. Let him treat you like the queen that you are and see if maybe God wants to do something with that. You know what I mean? So maybe write your list. I wrote a list two days before I met Caleb and it had qualities that I wanted in a spouse. And I'm happy to share some of those. I won't share all of them because it is kind of an intimate list, but I'll share some of them for you so that you can see that these are some things that I wrote down. So maybe make your own list. But I removed a lot of things that maybe aren't the most important thing, but I wrote down the most, you know, the most important things that I need in a spouse. Someone who loves God and it shows and people can see it through him. He is filled with the spirit and he believes in the gifts of the spirit. A man of God who wants to do missions with me and serves people. He likes coffee. He fits in with my friend group, my friend group. He's willing to change plans and be flexible. He lays his life down for me. He is emotionally intelligent and healthy. He is kind to me and to others. He has a good family and they love me and I fit in with them. He wants to travel with me and seek adventures. He pursues me well. He is full of integrity. He has no secrets. He lives in the light. He has a great reputation. He seeks to serve. He feeds my love languages. He, sp he supports my career and believes in my calling because some men in my past have not believed in my calling, have not supported my social media, which is why that was so, so important for me. I put like 30 exclamation marks next to it because it was that important to me. 
He has a good job. He's a hard worker. He's disciplined. He is self-controlled. He isn't stingy. He's generous. He takes care of my family. He fits in with my family. He gets my humor. He makes me laugh. It feels natural. It feels easy. Others can also see that this is a good thing from God. I do not have to beg for attention. I do not have to beg for, for affection. He is romantic. He is smart. He can help me. He seeks adventure. He provides for me. He isn't controlling. He has eyes for me and me only. He has amazing character, amazing community, accountability, seeks and serves in the church, has mentorship, seeks Christ in everything, seeks purity, likes to work out, wants to do fun things with me, accepts my past fully, chooses me from day one, has eyes for me only and stares into my eyes and knows that I am what he wants. Those are some things on my list. And I know that sounds like a psychotic, crazy list, but ladies, I promise you, you can find that too. I know my friends have, but again, it may not come in the shape or form that you have, have expected or anticipated. So be willing to be flexible on that, but do not negotiate on those type of qualities. Things that you are marrying, you're not marrying his looks forever because eventually the looks fade. You are marrying this man's quality. But then you look back at yourself and you look at that list of what you want in a man and you say, but am I that? So now when you're waiting, you better develop yourself to say, will I become the Proverbs 31 woman? Will I become the woman of God? That when he looks at me, he says, wow, you check off everything off of my list. Because I did for Caleb and he did for me. And that was beautiful because when we were single, we put in the work. And yes, there will always be work that needs to be done. There will always be work that needs to be you know, completed as you're together and as you're married and, you know, more stuff like that. However, when he finds you, you want him to say, man, you were everything I prayed for because you were a godly woman who takes care of herself. She works hard. She's investing in herself. She takes care of her friends. She loves children, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So who do you want to be when you are found? And that is what you're working on in the waiting season. You're not waiting, ladies. You are getting busy investing in yourself. I really encourage you guys in this season, read this book. It is called The Sacred Search by Gary Thomas. I have talked about this, oh my gosh, so, 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 so many times because this book is incredible. And it's basically, what if it's not about who you marry, but why? Highly, highly recommend to read this book. And um, it actually talks about a little bit what I was just talking about. And this chapter is talking about a wife. And it says, this is for like a man, but like if you, it's like from a man's perspective. It says, that's why when choosing a wife, you want to find a woman who is seeking first God's kingdom now. You want to find a woman who is seeking righteousness now. If she isn't a mission-based woman while you date, what will make her a mission-based woman after the wedding? And vice versa for the man. Same thing. You guys can flip the genders. Unless you think that mission-based women sounds boring, puritanical, or even asexual, let me assure you that when it comes to sex, virtue is your friend. Find a godly wife who is motivated by God, not just by her own desires. God will never stop loving you. God will never stop caring about you. So if a woman is motivated by God and listens to God, she'll keep loving you too, including sexually, because she'll get that love, she'll get that love and motivation from God. This is so true and good and not to be mean or anything, but there are times when you won't be all that lovable, which is also true. If your future wife isn't motivated by God, there's not enough about you to keep her interested and vice versa. That's why this is so much bigger than just physicality. This might shock you, but your best chance at sexual satisfaction in marriage is not to focus on appearance alone, but rather find a woman of virtue. Proverbs 31 describes her as a woman who fears the Lord. When a woman is motivated by kindness, compassion, generosity, and understanding, when she is good at forgiving, because I guarantee you, you're going to mess up. When she is desirous to serve, when she is desirous to serve as Jesus model service, she is going to be very satisfying sexual partner and overall kind of wife as well. I have seen men drool over women who were all but ignored as singles when they hear those women's husbands describe their loving service as wives. These men missed out on some very fine life companions because they were looking for the wrong things. And I have seen many men marry gorgeous women who steadily became less so. And these men made themselves miserable by making a superficial choice. Proverbs 12, 14 warns young men, a wife of noble character is her husband's crown, but a disgraceful wife is like the decay in his bones. So yeah, I think that's just exactly kind of what I was talking about just being a Proverbs 31 woman. And there's another thing in here too, which I was talking about just with character that there's a, there's a chapter in here that I hope I can find it, but it talks about how a lot of when a lot of women will just marry for the sake of love and they'll just marry because they're like, ah, he's good. And you know, he's a good enough fit and why not? And then they end up 
you know, passing up a lot of red flags because they'd rather just get married than be alone. And then later in their marriage, they're complaining to their friends like, oh, he sucks and he does this and he does that. But the thing is like, we saw, I'll read, actually, I think I found the, I found the quote right here. We saw the red flags earlier, but we passed them up because we just wanted to be married. So y'all don't just get married for the sake of just being married. Like this book talks about how we want to marry for something so much larger than ourselves to build godly children, to build the kingdom, to look like Jesus, to sanctify each other. Yes, you want to be in love with them. Yes, you want to love them. Yes, you want to be attracted to them. I'm not saying that, but it has to be so much bigger than yourself. This quote right here says, ironically, Girlfriends are quick to justify seemingly bad behavior in their boyfriends and try to explain it in a way while many wives are eager for everyone around them to know how awful their husbands can be and how everyone should feel sorry for them for having to live with such a wreck of a human being. Unfortunately, ignoring your boyfriend's weaknesses and gossiping about your husband's failures are two sure paths to divorce. Find a man with solid character who is growing in the Lord and pursuing godliness. Boom. I recommend that book. So while I close out, I want to talk about just the waiting season because I don't know for you when you will find somebody. I don't know when God's going to do that for you. I don't know if he ever will. I can't ever guarantee that. But I do believe if God has put the desire of marriage on your heart, he gave you those desires for a reason. He knows your desires. He loves your desires and he will want to bless you. But when the timing is right, you cannot rush God's timing. You want to wait for a good godly man Versus just getting married because you want to be married. So that is my encouragement to you guys. Just waiting on God's timing. Wait till you feel like, God, this is what I've waited for. This is what I've prayed for. And again, it may be different than you've expected. However, the wait is worth it. So don't just date anybody. Don't just marry anybody. Don't just give your yeses and your dates and your time and your energy and effort and your heart to everybody. Guard your heart in this season, making sure that you keep some good boundaries in the beginning. You're not immediately rushing into things. Maybe God does show you this is your partner, but wait, use time, be smart, be wise. Don't rush into things um, because you just don't know quite yet. You need to give it some time to know this person. But while you're waiting, maybe there's no possible contender in sight. You know, I'm not totally against dating apps, but date in community. Let your friends know what's going on, who you're dating, what the date was like, making sure you're dating a godly man. Watch for the red flags when you're going on dates and be the person you are looking for. But maybe there's nobody. And that's when, again, you just get busy. You keep praying. You pray over that list. You fast, you pray, you ask God to be your best friend. Like I'm telling you, marriage is not going to solve loneliness all of a sudden. It's not going to solve all your problems, all your insecurities. Sometimes it amplifies it. Most of the time it does. That's what I've heard 90% of married people say. So working on that now so that when you do get into marriage, you're not disappointed. You're like, wow, this is so amazing. This is such a gift because I think a lot of people think that marriage will solve all their problems and that's just not true. It is such a blessing. It is a good thing from the Lord. It's a representation of Jesus and the church. But just knowing that like we can be complete, we can be whole, we can be satisfied, we can be rejoiceful and and love ourselves, not love ourselves, but like like who we are and love who God is apart from a spouse. A spouse does not fulfill you, but it is a blessing and it's a gift and it will make life more fun. However, it just comes with different challenges. So I don't want you to look at me or look at anybody else and be like, man, like they must have it all together. Everything's going right for them must be nice. Because even with a relationship, even with marriage, there's still going to be challenges. There's still going to be difficulties. There's still going to be things you have to work through, heal from, process through. So just knowing that the grass is not always green on the other side. It's beautiful. It's good. But it's just a different type of situation. So I pray that when you are in the waiting season, you realize that you are never, ever alone. You may feel alone. You may be crying on your pillow. You may be venting. You may be journaling. You may be like, when is he going to come? It's been 10 years for me. It'll never happen. But please, like, don't lose hope. Here's the thing. God can still give you good gifts, but it doesn't only have to come in the shape or form of marriage. God can give you his companionship, can give you friends, can give you ministry, a job. Like there's different gifts that God can give you. It's not only the form of marriage, but I know that's something we all desire. I don't want to discredit and and diminish that feeling or that gift or that desire. So I just pray that when you are in the waiting season and you know that when you're in the waiting season and God is beside you, you will wait differently. And there was this epiphany that I recently got when I was at the airport. I was coming back from the Dominican Republic with my sister, and I talked about this on a different podcast, but it was a cool epiphany that I wanted to share. 
So uh, my sister was still waiting in the line for security. I had TSA pre-check, so I got through before she did. I went and sat at this restaurant, and I was by myself. And everyone's walking by me. I'm sitting by myself. I kind of felt like a loser. I was kind of like, oh, people probably think I'm a freak. There was this guy staring at me, and he kept staring at me. And I was like, why are you staring at me? And um, I know, I'm sure maybe people are like, oh, well, she's sitting all by herself. Well, well, you know what I mean? Maybe no one actually thought that. Maybe no one even cared. But, you know, sometimes those are the thoughts that we have because I knew my sister was coming and I knew that that chair was about to be filled by my sister. On the outside, people are like, oh, she's alone, loser, whatever. I knew my sister was about to come. So I knew that that chair was about to be filled, which caused me to wait differently. I didn't wait anxiously. I didn't wait, you know, like, oh, is everyone thinking about me? I knew that that chair was fill- filled with my sister at some point. And that's the way that we should look at it with God. We should look at it at the same thing of knowing that there is an empty chair next to us. And that is God and Jesus by you. People may not see him. You may not always feel him. People may be like, what a loser. She's by herself. But when you know that God is sitting in that chair next to you, you wait differently. The creator of the universe, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the one who knows you by name, knows every strand on your head, sits by you and he delights in you and he chooses you before a man ever chose you. He loves you. He knew you. He picked you. He formed you in your mother's room before a man ever did. Let that God, that same God that's sitting next to you that no one else can see, but you know is there with your faith and your hope in him. Let him romance you. Let him be your first love. Let him be who you cry out to, you seek to, you pray to, you chase with every single being inside of you before you get married. Because there you will be fulfilled. There you will be satiated. There you will be like, I know myself. I know my identities. I know that I am worth more than rubies and pearls because my God has told me so. So when you know that God is in that chair next to you at every single point of your day, you wait differently. Because at some point, just like my sister showed up for me, God will show up for you. And I don't know when that is. I don't know what that's going to look like. It may come in a different form. But whenever God shows up, you will never be dissatisfied. You will never be discouraged or left empty-handed. He will always restore and refuel and rejuvenate and replace and bring things of goodness to you, blessings to you, because he loves you and he only wants good things for you. Despite whether you might feel, God, why would you make me wait? Why would you make me suffer? Why so long, God? I know there's so many verses in the Bible that says, wait upon the Lord. Wait upon the Lord. It is worth waiting upon the Lord because when you wait upon him, then you get his best. Wait upon the Lord. There are so many verses that encourage us to wait on him because there's a beauty in the waiting season. There is fruit that is produced in you that you will only get in this season. So again, you look at this season as God refine me, use me, prune me. It is for your betterment that he does that. He disciplines those he loves. That's biblical. He says it in the Bible. He disciplines those he loves. So don't see this as punishment. See this as protection. He's protecting you from people that maybe were never meant to be in your life, people that are trying to harm you. So before you get into relationship, ask the Lord, God, is this from you? Show me, guide me, show my spirit, have people around, show me, give me words, give me dreams, give me visions, whatever the case may be so that you don't get your heart hurt again, so that you don't get involved with someone you were never meant to get involved with. When you wait on the Lord, you wait differently and you wait for the right person that doesn't come to cause confusion and chaos and destruction upon your life. You wait for a God ordained thing. And when you get it, you'll know your spirit will know, but that comes with you spending time with God. God, what does your voice sound like? What does it look like to know you? You read the Bible. A Proverbs 31 woman reads the Bible. She knows the word. She starts with maybe the New Testament. She reads the book of John. She reads Proverbs. She reads Psalms. She reads, you know, Corinthians. She reads Galatians. She reads Ephesians. And she knows what God says about her and who God is. And when that is your perimeter and when that is your gauge, you're not going to be easily distracted. You're not going to be easily swayed because you'll be like, nope. That doesn't look like a man of God to me. That doesn't look like who God says that I am. That doesn't look like what a God ordained thing is. You don't waver. You don't get tossed around by fluffy, frilly things that are not God's best because you know what God's best looks like.
But that comes by seeking and abiding in Jesus. John 15, abide in him. That means to remain in him, to dwell in him, to be with him at every single time. You act as if that chair is always open, then he is always right there by you. My friend, my sister, my follower, my happy and healthy listener that is listening to this podcast today. You've got to know your worth and your identity in Christ before you meet the man. Do not waste the waiting. The waiting can be actually so beneficial, so fruitful, so positive, so full of abundance if you wait well. And when you wait well, you're like, man, this is so great. I don't want to give this up for just anybody. I'm not giving this up for Billy Bob who just comes along and he's sexy and he's got money, but he has no character. Sorry, Billy Bob. I'm busy. I'm busy dating my man, Jesus. And I know that sounds cliche and cheesy, but it's true. You date Jesus first. You fall in love with Jesus first. You make him your first love forever and ever and ever and ever. And always before your partner and before yourself, you make Jesus your first love. And that will be your guide in the waiting and for the rest of your life. You are building tools right now in your belt to prepare you for future marriage, for future children, for future everything. This is the time now in your single season. Don't waste the waiting. This is the time now. He's preparing you to be the best wife now, the best spouse, the best mom, the best dad, whatever. But you've got to work on getting these tools now. They don't come overnight and they don't come by just sitting around. They come by reading the word, being around godly believers, sowing into the kingdom, being in church, investing in the kingdom, like all the things, y'all. Don't waste the waiting. He is right now preparing you into who he wants you to be to prepare you for those seasons right now, right, for, for the future. The preparation begins now. So don't waste the waiting. I pray today's episode was a blessing. I pray this fired you up. I'm sorry if it didn't answer all your questions, but yes, pray for your future spouse. Believe for a future spouse. Pray for your friend's spouse. Write the list. Be flexible where you need to be flexible and believe that God has good things for you and that may not always come in the form of a husband. Maybe right now that's a good friend for you. Maybe that's right right now spending time with the Lord and really knowing who he is. That is so, so, so important. And I pray that I just bless you. I pray that I can continue to be a blessing because even for me, I'm engaged now, but that doesn't mean that God just goes on the back burner. That means that I now have a partner with me, but I will never forsake my own relationship with Jesus. Never. Even when I'm married, I will never forsake that. God is my first love before Caleb will always be. And it has to stay that way. And these are tools that I had to learn when I was single, when I was lamenting, when I was sad. When I look back at my life and I'm like, everything is exactly how it was supposed to be. I'm glad I got married at 29 because now... I know myself. I know who I am. I know who God has called me to be. I didn't settle. I, I, when I met Caleb, I recognized the fruit of the spirit in it because I was able to work on my own fruit of the spirit. You know what I mean? So like, don't waste the waiting. Every heartbreak, every pain, everything I look back at now, every lamenting, every crying, every journal entry, every why God, why now, why this, I'm so frustrated, was worth it now. It was all worth it. And it doesn't mean that other hardship won't come. But now I've got the tools in my belt to prepare for that. I'm ready because I know who I am. I know who God is. I know God's character. And I know now I've Caleb alongside me who also knows those things too. So we can pray together. Get a spouse or a partner that prays with you and fights with you, not fights with you literally, but fights against spiritual darkness with you to advance the kingdom and do not settle. And one day you'll look back and you'll be like the waiting was worth it. Every tear, every cry, every heartbreak, every pain was worth it. One day you'll say that. And I know I'm saying that now because I'm like, wow, I would never change a thing. It was all worth it. If I could get the same result today to where I am, where I am now, I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful. It was worth it. And God uses every pain, every heartbreak, every journal entry, all the pain for his glory to show me something, to show me his character. He was with me every single step of the way. The Bible says he will never leave us and never forsake us. And he never did. And even if I didn't feel it, even if I thought that chair was open and empty, I still know that God was there. And he's like, just wait, my child. One day you'll see what I'm doing. Just wait. One day you'll see. And now I see it. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So maybe you're in the season right now where you're lamenting, you're mad, you're angry. You're like, why God, why, 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 why? 
There is a purpose for the pain right now. And one day God's going to show you and you're going to be like, man, and then your story will help someone else. Just as my story, all the heartbreak, I've been through some crap in my life. It was all worth it so that I could end to this. I could get to this end result and share the hope of Jesus and what God has brought me through and how his ways are better. And it gets better, my friends. It gets better. This too shall pass. This will not last forever. But who you are becoming in the waiting season is more important than just getting the thing and getting instant gratification. You need to form great godly character in this season right now. Don't waste the waiting. Don't let another day go by, another month, another year go by where you look back and you're like, what did I do? What was that for? Don't waste it. Get good people around you. Read the sacred search. Continue to listen to podcasts. Invest in yourself. Invest into the kingdom and know who God says you are. And that is my soapbox. (laughs) Okay. I have been rambling this whole time. I pray this was a blessing. Please let me know if it was. Tag me on the Happy and Healthy podcast and my Instagram as well. Sometimes I don't see it if you guys don't tag me on my personal Instagram. I love to see both. So feel free to tag me on both and let me know your thoughts. Feel free to DM me, tag me, comment, anything. I pray this was a blessing. Um, And ladies, know your worth. Please know your worth. Feel free to continue on my journey of engagement. I'll have more advice with just singleness and the waiting season on Instagram and I pray this was a blessing. And just so you know, like I don't have everything all figured out just because I'm engaged doesn't mean I'm better than you. doesn't mean that God loves me more. I have more favor from the Lord, anything like that. I promise. But I just pray that my story is an encouragement to you of what it looks like to hopefully wait and to not settle and to wait for a God story. I I will share um, later another story down the road in these solo episodes of just more of my behind the scenes of the story with Caleb, because it was really a God thing. But, um, I am just so thankful that God moved. I really, really am. So anyway, I pray this was a blessing. Feel free to leave us a review or a voice memo or just honestly anything. I'd love to hear y'all's feedback on today's episode. And um, I love you guys so much. I'm in your corner. I'm believing. I'm interceding for you. I love hearing your stories. I'm sorry if I can't always respond to every single DM, but I know that this is a common hurt and pain point for a lot of women. I understand. I know a lot. maybe some of y'all are older or you're waiting and you've been single for a while, but just keep trusting the Lord, seeking the Lord and get busy. Like it could, if you have so much fun in this singleness and this, in this time, it's almost harder to give it up when you've done it so well and you don't give it up for just anybody. So use it well. I love you guys so much. I'll see you guys again next Tuesday for another episode of happy and healthy, but until then stay happy and healthy. Bye (laughs) y'all. Thanks for listening, friends. Don't forget, go visit Happy and Healthy Podcast by searching for it in your podcast app, hitting follow to check out more of her episodes. And Happy and Healthy is also on YouTube, so you can check out the show there if you prefer to watch podcasts. And if you have a second, would you mind leaving us a little rating here at the After Party Podcast? Just let us know what you think about the show. That would be so, so helpful. Again, thanks for joining us this week, and we'll see you back on Monday. Have a great weekend.